0: In this sermon, we discuss the interplay of God's sovereignty, God's grace, and our personal faith in God. Why is faith necessary if God is sovereign and a gracious God? All right, so we're going to uh, rise up to our feet, uh, make our declaration this morning, and then we'll spend some time in God's Word. So why don't we all please stand, hold our Bibles high up in the air, let's say this out loud, bold, and strong, this is God's Word, this is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. I advance boldly to take new ground to extend God's kingdom. I have kingdom power and authority vested in me. The powers of darkness... Cannot hold me back or pin me down. The forces of the enemy enemy. cannot restrain me or contain me. The greater one is in me. me. God's power through me me is more than what the devil can handle. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you shake hands with people next to you. Uh, Say hello to them. You may be seated, please. Uh, Before we get into God's Word this morning, uh, I just want to share a few testimonies that came in uh, in the recent weeks that were shared with us. I just want to uh, share some of these testimonies with you. I think it's just wonderful uh, to hear and just just to know what God is doing. So I'll just run through them. Uh, Not necessarily give you all the details, but just the highlights of each of these testimonies. So here's one. Uh, You remember a couple of Sundays ago we had this this full time of worship. And so during that time of worship, this happened. Um, so this, this, this lady said, this test, she was healed of eye problems. She said, for the past couple of months, uh, I've been feeling pressure uh, in, in her eyes. And uh, she had to keep, uh, she, she found it very hard to keep her eyes open physically. Uh, there would be cutting pain in her eyes and uh, a blurring of her left eye. And she'd been praying for healing uh, uh, during that time of worship. And as we were singing, she had her eyes closed. And she saw a yellowish gold ring of smoke Going through a left eye, moving, moving towards the right. Uh, it was going on for some time. And then she sensed that her eye condition was being healed. And, and when she opened her eyes, the pain was gone. The pressure was gone. And then she waited for the next day to share uh, this testimony. Another thing happened. Uh, during worship, again, this uh, is from across our locations. Uh, and he, this was a young man who had a fungal infection for some time. Uh, during worship, he just declared God's greater, greatness over his own body. He felt a strong sense of God's presence. So he went home, checked, waited another day, checked, and he said everything was totally gone. Totally healed. There was a young lady. Uh, she was healed of polycystic Ovary disease, PCOD. Okay. I don't know too much about medical (laughs) things here, but but so she just what she says. You know, six years back, she was diagnosed with this. The doctor wanted to put her on some treatment, but she decided not to have the treatment. She just chose to lay hands, just pray over herself. Uh, A year uh, year ago, she did another scan. There were no traces of this. I mean, before that, her monthly cycles would be disturbed. A year year ago, she checked the scan. Everything was clear. And for the last whole year, Her monthly cycles have been regular. She's been totally healed without any medication. There's another young man who had been suffering from torments at night for several years. Uh, The last one and a half years, this thing intensified. He would wake up in the night uh, feeling some evil being was attacking him, choking him, and all of that. Uh, After prayer, he was completely delivered, and he sleeps well at night. (laughs) Thank God for that. Here's another testimony of a man i mean he is middle-aged man uh you know about five years back uh, things in his life just went downward he lost family and his professional life just all fell apart uh he uh, so he attempted many things trying to recover financially and all of that our uh, life just came to a standstill recently uh he received prayer uh, ministry and things suddenly began to shift Business, a, a wonderful business opportunity came to him. It's been three months now. He set up a new business and things are moving upward. All things are becoming new for him. So that's, again, a wonderful thing. Um, just two more. Uh, here's a young person. Uh, this is about ministry. People going out to minister. As one of our young people uh, from our south church. Uh, so he was traveling to Wysak. And um, he got an opportunity to share in a Bible college. And then uh, he got an opportunity to speak at a youth meeting with, with over 100 young people there. And uh, during the ministry time, he saw the people were powerfully touched, they were set free, they were healed from all kinds of hurts, uh, emotional hurts. He prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says the entire place just erupted, speaking in tongues, felt like the day of Pentecost. <laughs> so it was wonderful. And was one of our young men just going out and ministering. Uh, last Sunday, uh, there's a group of uh, uh, people from uh, our East Church, about 15 of them, they went out into Phoenix Mall just to share the gospel on Sunday after service. Uh, so they didn't go shopping. They went to the mall for sharing. Uh, they got to speak to about 45 people. Uh, they prayed with 20 of them. One person gave their life to Christ. Uh, 16 people were open and interested and gave their contact so they could, you know, continue to hear about Jesus. Amen? So just wonderful things. I thought uh, we should just... Uh, share all of these things, what God is doing. It's really exciting uh, to see uh, God work in the lives of so many different people. And we're just grateful to God. So let's just continue uh, with that expectation. Amen? That God will work in all of our lives, doing wonderful things in us and through us, uh, as we just continue uh, to walk with Him. So this morning, we are going to continue our study on the subject of faith. I just want to quickly review uh, some of the statements we made uh, from last Sunday uh, and then take this forward uh, today as we keep building uh, on our understanding on this subject of faith. So last Sunday, I just want to, you know, we made several statements and I, I just want to quickly review this. Uh, we uh, were trying to uh, just lay a groundwork and a framework within which we will carry out this whole series of, of, on faith uh, we said, first of all, that faith connects us to God. So we all live in the natural world. We are, you know, we are logical, rational beings. We interact with our people and so on and so forth. Uh, our God is spirit. How do we connect with God who is spirit? Faith. Our faith connects us with God who is a spirit. Our faith is required to please God. Our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. So we're believing him. Our faith is not in a denomination or an organization. Our faith is in the Lord himself. Our faith is based on relationship. So our, it's important to have a, a, a living, vital relationship with Jesus. Because that's what grounds our faith. It's, it's based on relationship. Our faith is of the heart. So we said uh, we can have faith in our heart even when we have questions in our minds. Because the fact is nobody has all the answers. We all have lots of questions that we don't have answers to. But that doesn't mean we can't believe God. We still believe God because faith is of the heart. So faith is of the heart. Uh, Even though there may be challenges, questions, and doubts, and all of that uh, in our mind, we can still believe God. God calls us to live by faith. Uh, We uh, uh, talked about what faith is from Hebrews 11.1. We said faith is the proof of ownership. So when you have faith... That is your proof of ownership, that you have it, even if you can't see it. Faith is a proof of existence. So when you have faith, you say it is there, even though it's not revealed uh, to the five natural senses. Uh, We talked about how faith is conceived and nurtured. Uh, We also talked about faith in the Word, is faith in God. Faith is like a muscle, it grows as it is exercised. Uh, We understood that there are several factors that influence faith. Uh, We also said that faith causes the power of God And his word to be released. So these were the things we spoke of last Sunday. This morning, as we continue to build our understanding on the subject of faith, I want us to deal with something very important. We want to talk about God's sovereignty, grace, and faith. What is the interaction or the interplay between these things? Because we know that God is sovereign. So if God is sovereign, why do we need to have faith? Because anyway, his will is going to be done. God is sovereign. What he wants will happen. So why have faith? We also know that God is a God of grace. That means he's a gracious God, he gives it freely. So if he's giving it freely, why have faith? Because he's a God of grace. Just just gives it, just take it. (laughs) Why have faith? So we want to understand what the Bible presents to us on this. Now, of course, uh, you know, we can sit down and talk, spend many hours having deep discussions on this. But for our purposes, we want to be concise, brief, get to the point and understand the interaction between the sovereign God, His grace and our faith in Him. So first of all, We talk about God being the sovereign God, God's sovereignty. We all know that he is king, he is sovereign, he is Adonai, meaning master, ruler, Lord. He's all powerful, he's above all others, he's independent of all others, nobody can stop him. And there are many scriptures on this, and we will just highlight a few this morning, just to remind us that our God is sovereign. Job says this in Job 42, verse 2, he tells God, he says, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. And many of us know that. We probably prayed that prayer. God, I know you can do anything. You can do everything. No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Because you are God who is sovereign. You are master. You are ruler. No one greater than you. You're not answerable to anyone else. Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. That's our God. He is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Nebuchadnezzar, the great Babylonian king, came to a point when he, through a very harsh way, he came to this understanding that there is somebody bigger than him. And then he says this in Daniel chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion and His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? So you realize, there's a God in heaven. He's far greater than me. Nobody can stop him in heaven. Nobody can stop him here on. Our God is sovereign. So, as sovereign God, what he plans, what he purposes, what he wills is established and no one can stop him. So the question we are asking, which we want to answer is, if God is sovereign, and he does as he pleases, then why? How? Faith. Then about the grace of God, we know God is also a gracious God. You know, God is as gracious in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. God did not change. Only the Testaments changed. So he didn't suddenly become a God of grace. He's always the same God of grace. Uh, he's a gracious God. Uh, so even in the Old Testament we read about God being a God of grace. Some scriptures, Psalm 86 verse 15. But you Lord are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. You, O Lord, you're full of compassion. You're a gracious God. So when we say God is a God of grace, it means that uh, He is kind. He is considerate. He favors. He just blesses us. He gives us what we do not deserve. That is a God of grace. He doesn't say Try and earn it from me. This is cost, cost you 50, that's 100, that's 200. Pay up and you'll get it. That's not a God of grace, right? The God of grace is all these things are for you freely. Not that you deserve it, but because I, or the God, is a God of grace. So it's a gracious God. He gives freely, graciously to us. Just a couple of more scriptures, Psalm 103 verse 8, we know the Lord is, let's read it, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And the Bible tells us the Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. So this grace of God is available and is extended to every person. So God's grace is available to everyone. So the question is, why have faith? And not only that, if you combine sovereign God with grace, you have sovereign grace. You read about that, for instance, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, God says, he's telling Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Let's read this. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion. On whom I will have. compassion, Sovereign grace. I will be gracious. To whom I will be. So this is where many of us have problems. God I fasted 40 days. That guy is a glutton. But God you are working so powerfully through him. You have given him so much grace. Why? Only one answer. I will be gracious to whom I will be? Sovereign God. He will extend grace as he pleases. That's it. Sovereign grace. God. So this is where we have problems. God, that person doesn't qualify. But you take him and you're using him like this or her like this. I don't understand that, God. Yeah. I will be gracious to whom I will be? Sovereign grace. That's why God takes the most unlikely and he puts puts them in places where we say, God, how did he get there? He takes the most unseemly and he does something amazing to them and say, God, how I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have. So somebody comes in. They have no faith. You and I have been hearing the word of God for 25 years. They walk and they don't even know Jesus properly. <laughs> and they walk and they get healed. And they say, God, five years I've been praying for my healing. <laughs> and this person stepped in for five minutes. And you did something wonderful. Why? I will have compassion. On whom I will have compassion. That's God demonstrating he is sovereign and releasing his grace, his compassion in a sovereign way where you and I have nothing and no part in it at all. We are only spectators. So, wow, God, that has to be you. Amen? So, there is... This sovereignty of God, there is the grace of God. So the question we are saying is, then where does faith fit in all of this? What is the role faith has? If God operates sovereignly and if God is just extending things by grace, why should I have faith in God? Why should I walk by faith? Why should I live by faith? And all the things we're going to unravel in the weeks to come concerning faith— what bearing does it have? What relevance does it have if there's a sovereign God and there is a God of grace? Now, the wrong position to take, which some or some parts of a Christendom take is, because God is sovereign, because God is grace, I will not have faith. Chalo, whatever happens, happens. But that is not a biblical posture. That is not the way the rest of the Bible reads. We have to understand. That us having faith in God is still a requirement. And this is how these things connect. So what God has done is that in the unfolding of his eternal plan for the, for the human race, he moves and he works sovereignly. You and I have no say in it. Whether anybody prayed or not, the Lord Jesus would have come and died on the cross in the appointed time. Whether you and I pray or not, Jesus is coming back. He will come back. Whether you and I like it or not, He will establish His kingdom. There will be new heavens and new earth. Nobody can vote for it or against it, it doesn't matter. God is sovereign, He will do it. But in the working of God in our personal lives, He, he invites us to have faith. Even when he has revealed his sovereign will and plan and purpose for us. And when he says, I'm giving, making all this available to you freely by grace. For my working in your personal life, I want you to have faith. We look at some biblical examples. And you see numerous examples throughout scripture, Old and New Testament. Take for example, Abraham and Sarah. The sovereign God spoke and said, I'm calling you. I am going to give you a child. You're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand and the seashore, And I'm going to give you this land as an inheritance. So sovereign God has spoken. We will think Abraham Sarah could go into retirement. They're probably already in retirement when all this happens. And we think like, okay, they had no part to play now because God spoke. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that Abraham had to journey into this with faith and endurance. He had to go walk with God into that. Let's look at one passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 12. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. So Abraham had to have faith. He had to have obedience. He had to have endurance by faith. also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea. So God spoke, sovereign God, sovereign grace, picked that man, Abraham, Sarah. Why did God choose Abraham and Sarah? Why didn't he call, you know, pick any other two names? Why them? Sovereign, grace. So he calls them. I'm going to do this and this through your life. But they had to journey by faith into God's purpose, God's plan. God's will for their lives. Take another example. God comes to Joshua and, say, and you know, the people are right at the edge of, of entering the promised land. They're getting ready to go. The first city they're going to conquer is Jericho. So uh, God appears to Joshua and says, Joshua, the walls of the city will go down flat. I'll do. I'll make that happen. They go down. But you just walk around it. One time for seven days, seven days. Walk around it seven times. So now, Joshua could say, guys, let's watch the show. Sit down in your tents and watch. No. What did they have to do? They walked by faith. So the Bible records in Hebrews 11 verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith. It doesn't say God did it. Even though it was God who did it. But it's speaking of the manward side of the whole experience. By faith, they walked around. They saw this happen. So there is this whole aspect, the important aspect of faith in God in order to see the sovereign will of God, the plan, the purpose of God in our personal lives come to pass. Think about salvation. God in his sovereignty provided for salvation. You know, I never did anything. It was entirely God. Jesus died on the cross. Took all our sin, our sickness, our disease, our pain, everything. He did did it entirely. God provided for salvation. And he offers it to us freely by grace. No payment needed. Free. Only one requirement. Faith. We know the scripture, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, let's read it together. For by grace, you have been saved through... And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any should, should boast. So by grace you've been saved. Through faith. It is the gift of God. So even salvation. God provided for it. As a free gift by grace. But one requirement he wants from each one of us. So I want you to have Faith. Only then you receive it. You are saved by grace through faith. Now the flip side is a little scary. That when we don't have faith. The hands of almighty sovereign God seem to be tied. In our lives. Look at Jesus, the anointed God. One, the word who became flesh, anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was going around healing, delivering, doing wonderful things all across the region. But he came to Bangalore. No, sorry. He came to his own hometown. He came to his own hometown, Nazareth. The people said, hey, we know this person. We know him. We've seen him play marbles here running around and we saw him doing carpentry there how come he can do all these things oh we don't really believe him matthew 15 matthew 13 57 and 58 says this and i'll read it from matthew and also read from mark it says so they were offended at him but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is the same Jesus. Same anointed one. But in his own hometown. Couldn't do mighty works. One reason. Because of their Mark explains a little bit more in Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. He says, then he, that is Jesus, went out from there and he came to his own country, that's Nazareth. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? So they knew about all the mighty things that were happening all around the country. Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. Verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their... Unbelief. So what was it that stopped, that hindered, that tied the hands of the Lord? Their unbelief. Was he anointed? Yeah. Was he commissioned to heal, deliver? Yeah. So that didn't change. But the unbelief hindered the work. So, What we must understand is this. That God is sovereign. He's a God of grace. But He invites you. He requires you and me to have faith in Him. To see Him work in our personal lives. We put it like this. While God may do things sovereignly by grace. The norm is. That he requires us to receive by faith, what he freely offers us through grace. So he's sovereign. Yes, there are times he will do things out of his sovereign grace. He will have, he will be gracious to whom he will be gracious. He will have compassion whom he will have compassion. But the norm is, he wants each one of us to receive. By faith, what he offers to us freely by grace. That's why faith is important. Each one of us learning to have faith, to walk by faith. It's important. So let's just put these things together and answer those questions that we are opened with. You know, if God is sovereign and no one can stop him. Why just, doesn't he just do this in our lives? And how do all these things interact? The sovereignty of God, the grace of God, and faith. And I'd like to just put it down at these five things for us to consider so that we clearly understand it. Number one is that God, in his wisdom, has ordained that all of these components coexist. There is the realm of God's sovereign. God being sovereign, there is the aspect of God's gift, grace, but there is also the important element of faith. And He's decided it's going to work this way. Amen? He decided. So either we join in or you stay out. But we're going to join in. It's okay, God, I want to understand how these things work, I want to know my part. So I can fulfill my part of faith to receive what you, a sovereign God, offered to me by your grace. Number two, as we said earlier, there are things that depend entirely on God being sovereign, on his sovereignty. Just those are the, that is the eternal purpose of God. What he has purpose for the human race. But in the working of God in our individual purposes, in our individual lives, faith is required. Are you all with me so far? In his working in your life personally, he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He will do things for you. In his working in us as a community, he's got some great things he wants to do through us as a church, as a church body. But we must be in faith. Just like the people of Israel. They had to walk around Jericho. They just had to do it. That was his will. But they had to do it by faith. So for us as a community, he's got plans. But we have to journey by faith. So we must understand the difference. Number three. In extending his gifts freely to us by grace. Yet making it necessary for each of us to receive by faith. God is being fair. He is giving all of us equal opportunity. Thank God he didn't say, I'm giving to you by grace, but you have to prove yourself or do this or do that. No, only requirement, have faith. So because all of us have equal opportunity to receive what God is giving by grace. Romans 4 verse 16 brings it out. Paul writes there, he says, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace... So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. And he continues talking about you know, what God was offering to, write, uh, to Abraham. So this promise is for everyone, to all the children. But it's through faith given by grace. The Good News Bible puts it like this. And so the promise was based on faith. In order that the promise should be guaranteed as God's free gift to all. It's given by grace, received by faith, so that everybody can have access to it. Everyone can receive. So that's why God has given us all one common requirement, have faith. God is sovereign. He offers things to you and me freely by his grace. One requirement, receive by faith. Two, last two thoughts Let me close. The realm of faith, of course, has its boundaries. We cannot, cannot override God's sovereignty by faith. So there is, understand the realm of faith. There is a place where, the realm in which faith has a part to play, but God is still sovereign. So you don't override God's Sovereignty by faith. Can't do that. Last one, number five. There is the realm of mystery. So, what do you mean, realm of mystery? This is where God will be gracious to whom He will be gracious. He will have compassion on whom He will have compassion. That is a mystery. You can't pick out God be gracious to Him. (laughs) No. God will do it. It's a, a mystery. He said, God, that person didn't have faith. How come? That's the mystery. He will be gracious to whom he will be gracious. He will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. He will do things as he pleases. And that's the realm where we say, look, that's realm. We don't understand how and why God chooses, but we only know God is sovereign. That's why he's doing it that way. Amen? Amen. But for our normal walk with God, our day-to-day walk with God, I close with a statement I made earlier. God will do things sovereignly by His grace, but the norm is He requires us to receive by faith what He freely offers us through grace. So that's what we want to pursue. We want to understand, how do I walk in faith so that I can receive what God has planned for my life What God has purposed for my life. What God has ordained for my life. How can I walk into it? Yes, he is sovereign. He has spoken. Yes, he is gracious. He is giving it freely. But he has called us to walk by faith. So like Abraham, like all the others in the Bible, you and I must journey with God by faith into what he has ordained. But the sovereign God is backing you up. If you and I journey with him in his purpose, nobody can stop us. Because nobody can stop him. And we are pursuing his purpose through our lives. Amen? So, as we progress in the weeks to come, we are going to delve more and more into this whole aspect of how do we walk by faith in God? How do we do this? How can I, by faith, see the purposes of God fulfilled in and through my life? How can I receive what God has has offered and provided for me? Freely, by His grace. This morning, let's please take a few moments just to worship our God and, and and pray before we close. I just call our worship team up, please. If we could all rise to our feet. I'll take a few moments to pray uh, and also want to lead people uh, in um, salvation. If you're here this morning and maybe you've been coming to church for maybe this is your first time. Or maybe you've been coming to church or visiting churches. uh, But you've never experienced God's or received God's free gift of salvation. This morning before we close, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. So the Bible tells us that we are all sinners and the result of our sin is death, which is an eternal separation from God in hell. That's where we all are headed to without Jesus Christ because of our own sin. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The free gift of God. God is giving salvation, eternal life, freely, through Jesus Christ. What must we do? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You're not going to be saved because you're part of APC. When you go to heaven, he's not going to ask you, were you a member of APC? He's not going to ask you which church you were a member of. It will not matter at all. Only one question. Was Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? That's the question. And if there's anyone here this morning, if you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, you've never invited him to be your Lord, your Savior, I just want to lead you in a prayer. And you want to do it this morning. I just want to lead you in a prayer so that you can receive this free gift of eternal life. God gives it freely, but we must receive by faith. Just believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment to pray. Anyone here this morning, you're not sure that you have God's free gift of eternal life. You're not sure if you received Jesus into your life. And you would like to do that. You would like to pray with me. Then just say these few words with me. Lord Jesus... I ask you to come into my life forgive my sins make me a child of God and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone here, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. If you don't mind, can you just raise your hand so we can celebrate with you. Anybody, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Just raise your hand, and uh, our greeters will come. I can't see the hands, just wave it somewhere. All right, our greeters will come and give you... A bag we call this a, a green bag it's a new, new believer 's bag. anybody else just please raise your hand. we want to make sure you get this bag and um, put your hand up high so we know where you are. Uh, just uh, anyone on the balcony as well, just make sure you get this bag. Andreas will come and give you this bag and uh, there 's a card that says Decision card. If you write your name and number on it, uh, one of our people from church off the church will call you and will tell you how to use. Uh, The resources that are in the bag. Anybody else up in the balcony? Just uh, make sure uh, you, 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 you get this bag and also give us your contact details because we want to help you grow in your faith, in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing we want us to do is as you're standing here, I want you to just in simple faith say, God, what you've purposed for my life, I want to see it fulfilled. And I'm going to have faith to see it fulfilled. Just pray. Whatever it is in your heart, God you have a plan a purpose for my life what you purpose for my life i want to journey into it by faith some of you god may god has great plans for you he's called you to be great businessmen he's called you to do great things on the earth but you've got to journey with him by faith some of you god will use you in powerful ways for His kingdom to be a catalyst, uh, to be an agent of transformation uh, wherever He's placed you. But you got to journey with Him by faith. So would you pray right now and say, Lord, I want to be a man, a woman of faith. And by faith, I will journey into your purpose for my life. I'm not going to let the devil stop me. I'm not going to let any person stop me I'm not going to let any situation stop me because you are bigger you are sovereign you are bigger than the devil you are bigger than people you are bigger than situations and I have faith in a sovereign God and no one can stop your working through my life but I just want to be a man, a woman of faith would you pray like that this morning please Father, in the name of Jesus, I call forth your purposes. I call forth your destiny in each one's life. Let there be no person here who lives below your purpose for their lives. Who lives below your dream for their lives. But let each one fulfill. Let each one enter into and see the fulfillment, God. Of what you ordained for their lives. Let faith arise in every person's heart this morning that they are unstoppable because you are unstoppable and you are working through them. So let no man deter them, let no situation hold them down. Let faith arise, Father. You are sovereign. You are great. You are unstoppable, oh God. So let your purposes come forth. And for us as a church, oh God, what you've called us to do in this city, God, help us as a church to journey into that. We declare that we are unstoppable in this city. We declare that we will bring a million people to Jesus Christ in our city no man no devil can stop that from happening we declare we will see our nation reached we will see churches raised across the nation because we as a community Lord we journey by faith every man every woman in this house will be anointed equipped by God to do great things together we will see it accomplished we thank you lord we honor you we bless you we thank you Of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at abcwo.org. Also visit our website abcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.